Hey, fresh ad read today because I want you to know that my new book, Motivation for Regular People, Reframing Your Drive to Pursue Your Goals and Achieve Your Potential, is coming out on November 14th of this year. This book is the culmination of all the research I've been doing on motivation for the last six months. In this book, you'll gain a fresh perspective on how motivation actually works, and by the time you finish reading, you'll understand how to leverage your motivation to accomplish your most important goals. I'm so excited for this book to come out, and you don't have to wait until November 14th to purchase your copy. In fact, you can go on Amazon and pre-order your copy today, and you'll receive an instant download via Kindle whenever the book becomes available. You can also wait to buy the paper book on November 14th if you want to have a copy to take notes in, or if you want to bring me a copy and have me sign it for you. That's totally fine as well. I'll include a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes if you want to go ahead and pre-order, and I would be honored if you would help spread the word about the book to others who may also be looking for some extra motivation. As a special treat for listening to the show, I'll include a link to read the introduction right away for free on my website. You can hit pause and read it now if you want, or you can wait until you finish listening to the awesome conversation that you're about to hear. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in for today's episode, where you're going to learn about how you can create a life worth living in your faith, family, and career. It is possible to win in all of those areas, not just one, and I'm excited for you to hear from today's guest who is going to break all that down for you. Before we get started, quick reminder to subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. We release a new episode every Thursday as well as a few bonus episodes every month, and if you subscribe to the show, you'll always have easy access to those new releases as they become available. I'd also love it if you'd give the show a rating and a review that will help us grow our community and take this important message about motivation to more people. We believe this is very empowering and liberating, and so we want as many people as possible to get exposed to the message that we're sharing here. Today, you're going to hear from Jerry Dugan. Jerry is the CEO and senior consultant at BTR Impact. It's a consulting and training company that helps leaders live fulfilled and meaningful lives. His work experience includes past service in the U.S. Army as a combat medic, and corporate training facilitator. He's also been the host of the Beyond the Rut podcast since 2015. I would definitely encourage you to go check out that show after you finish listening to this episode. Jerry and I had a great conversation that I think you're going to find really applicable and insightful, and I'm excited for you to hear more. So let's get into the content. Here's Jerry. Hey, Jerry, thanks for taking some time to talk with us today. I'm excited to hear more about your story and the things that you're interested in. Awesome, Brady. Same here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a podcast as well. I have not gotten a chance to listen to it yet. I'm going to have to go look it up after we're done talking. It's called Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. And my thought when I see that podcast title, and maybe this is just me, I find it very easy to think about how to create things within my career. It's very easy for me to set goals and make plans in that domain. And although I'm more passionate about my faith and family, I see those things as things of greater importance. 
it's harder for me to make plans or set specific goals in those areas. And it sounds from our conversation before, like this is something that you help people with and something that you talk about on your podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's huge. Uh, the show started off, gosh, eight years ago. I remember it like it was eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> nine, if we count the nine months of arguing, there used to be three of us on the show and we argued for nine months about what we're going to do. We, we knew why. And that was, um, you know, the, the, the original host of the show, Brandon, uh, is a pastor and he would have the same guys coming up to him every week. You know, how do I get my wife to, to realize I'm here and like, feel loved by me? How do I get my kids to behave? Uh, hey, my job sucks. I want to spend more time with my family, but I got to be at work all the time. And, you know, he'd give advice. And then the next week they come back and ask the same questions. Four months later, same questions, same problems, same people, same problems. And one day he just came up and said, hey, Jerry, let's hit the record button. Somebody out there is going to listen to my advice. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do that. Uh, so that was the big driver was that you know, we would talk to all these guys through our men's ministry, through him at, you know, church at the end of church service. Uh, and it was all these guys that had this common theme. They they were married maybe to their college sweetheart or their high school sweetheart or just somebody they were madly in love with. Uh, they had kids together. They've got the job that everybody else covets. You know, maybe it's a leadership role. Maybe it's a six-figure income. Um, but then they also have all the boxes checked what success is supposed to look like. You know, these are the same guys coming forward saying they just feel stuck in life. They, you know, they don't feel fulfilled. They don't feel like they're doing their best, that in the end, everything was going to be a waste of time. And how do they get it all back? And uh, that's that's what birthed, in a sense, beyond the rut, that we wanted to inspire these men uh, who are probably in their 35 to 45-year-old range, married with kids, all these things going for them. But something is missing deep down inside. And and we wanted to help those guys unlock that. And it was, it's different for everybody. Uh, a lot of us tend to be focused on the the career piece. You know, it's easy to go after that because people have told us, go to school, get a good job. This is what a good job looks like. Um, you know, take this job. This is a better job than that job. And and you have somebody that just kind of defines that for you, or we define it off of salary, or we define it off of prestige. Um, you know, like I'm from an Asian family, so obviously I'm supposed to be a doctor. I'm not, so I'm like the black sheep of the family. Uh, you know, like it's like doctor, dentist, and maybe lawyer. <laughs> you know, like there's a, there's a whole hierarchy, and I didn't hit any of those. Uh, you know, in some families, you got to get into the family business to be successful. I know my grandfather on my dad's side uh, is, was a furniture refinisher and a carpenter, so his expectation for success was that you had to get a skill. Like the more trades you were certified in, like welding, carpentry. Um, metalworking, whatever, the, there's a trade that you can get some kind of license or credential, that was significant. That was success. And uh, But when you look at the men in my family, a lot of them just felt unfulfilled. A lot of them felt like they, they had more they could do and offer, but they just didn't believe they could do it. And I thought, how sad to go through life thinking that you were pursuing success, and in the end, you wish you'd done something different. Or in the end, you wish just... Uh, like one of my uncles, uh, my uncle Gene, when he passed away, uh, he was married to my, my Aunt Mary, who was my dad's sister. So uh, Uncle Gene was married into the family. And, you know, he didn't leave a will. He had no kids that we knew of. So the county said, hey, you got to clear out his house because we're getting ready to auction it and use the proceeds to pay off um, what he owed the county. And we're like, oh, OK, that sucks. So we're cleaning out his house, all kinds of trash in there. Um, you know, some family members show up to kind of like fight over the scraps. 
and there was this young lady, uh, of course, I was like 22, 23 at the time. So for me to say young lady, it's like, man, I got old. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was about my age. So for me to say that, it's like, I think the memory of her now, it's like, man, she was like a kid, like maybe 20 years old, 21, somewhere in there. Uh, and she was just standing outside on the sidewalk looking in and you could see that she looked kind of sad and I had no idea who she was. Um, but my grandfather recognized her and he said, hey, you're welcome to come in and, and claim anything you want. The, the county's asked us to clean out the house. And she just simply said, no, I, I just came here for closure. I, there's nothing I want from this guy. And I just needed to see for myself. And then my grandfather said, if there's anything that your brother and sister might have wanted, now's a great time to also come in for them as well. And she said, no, my older siblings wanted nothing to do with him either. I'm like, who is this girl? And, you know, she goes away eventually. And uh, I didn't talk to her, uh, but my grandfather or my dad, one of them shared with me, oh, yeah, that was Uncle Gene's daughter. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know he had kids. Yeah, he had three kids from a previous marriage. And I'm like, I've known this guy for my whole life. And he's never once spent any time with them. And, and it turns out uh, it was one of his regrets that he didn't have a deeper relationship with his actual children from the previous marriage, uh, which understood why he and I were relatively close. Like he, he just always, every time he saw me, he always wanted to pass down knowledge and wisdom to me. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. I've got this father figure and uncle Gene, um, only to find out that he has three kids that he'd never really plugged in with who are also in pain because of that. You know, they, Two of the kids want nothing to do with him. The third child, you could see, longed for a father figure, longed for her father, and just wanted to know, you know, who was this guy that didn't want to have anything to do with me? And and I just realized, man, I don't want my life to ever be like that. So that's that's kind of my big motivation of why is it so important to live beyond the rut? It's like, you know, career is great, business is great, wealth is great, but in the end, if I'm not connecting with the people who matter most, which is my own wife, my own kids, what is it worth? You know, is it really worth it? And, you know, not even the option of trade my family in for a new one. I know some guys do that and they try to start all over and it's like, gosh, it'd be so much more fulfilling, I think. At least it's my theory. It's what I've seen other families experience. If I just worked on the one I have now, make that one work the best one possible, what kind of legacy would I leave then? What kind of significance would I have um, in, in a smaller pocket? And if I could help other men also have that realization in their own lives, then this show's worth it. Mm. <laughs> that book would be worth it. So. Yeah, that's so good. Thanks for sharing all of that with us. I have several thoughts. I'll try not to dominate the mic by putting all of them out there, but one of them, just to riff on what you said about trading in your family for a new one, even if somebody chose to do that, the constant is still you, like yes. you're going to be the same person in the new family as you are in the old family. And so unless you do the harder work of changing yourself, the outcome, I think, is going to to be the same. Um, the other thought that I have is how both interesting and kind of saddening it is to think that people have this disconnect between what they think success will look like and then what ultimately becomes fulfilling. And I'm just imagining people recognizing this all along different points of their journey. It sounds like you realized this fairly early on, uh, maybe, would you say, 15, 20 years ago? 
Uh, probably more than that. I'm 47 now, so about 25 years. Oh, man, that feels old. Yeah, about 25 years ago. <laughs> Listen, I turned 30 earlier this year, so I can oh, relate to those feelings. Um, but it makes me sad to think like you, you're fortunate in a way because you realized it at 22. What if there's someone out there who doesn't recognize it until, you know, they're in their 40s or 50s or even later in life? And then the last thing I'll say, and I'll let you respond. So what I do professionally, I'm primarily a writer and a coach. And at the intersection of those two things, I have this major interest in words and defining words and realizing that the word that we use is often just the tip of the iceberg. And so the whole time I'm hearing you talk, I'm just thinking about these two words, success and fulfillment, and how if we're going to achieve success and fulfillment, we've got to get really clear for ourselves about what those two things uniquely look like in our lives. Yeah. Um, my last semester at University of the Pacific, um, so that's that's when I took my bachelor's degree and ran because I, I think... I still think they miscalculated my GPA and they shouldn't have given me the degree, uh, but it's too late now. I got the I master's. can edit this part of the podcast out <laughs> so nobody cool, there cool. hears it. <laughs> they won't track me down. <laughs> but, you know, in the last semester, uh, the last year at least, as a senior, they had all of us go through a mentorship three program where we spent the entire semester really defining or at least exploring the concept of, con of success. And... You know, here's where I was hoping to get somebody to define it for me. Like, oh, yeah, it means you earn this much. You have this kind of career. Like, I was expecting somebody to hand me that boiler boilerplate, and they didn't. They, It was very vague and nebulous and made you think about what is success for you. You know, like, you have a classmate who is going to graduate with a, a degree in music performance. You have another classmate who has pursued and is going to pursue a career in chemical engineering. Another one who's going to be a teacher. You are a pre-med student. Um, everybody's got a different path. And it's going to be easy to look up and look at your friends and say, gosh, I'm I'm not successful. And it's like, based on what? <laughs> and so they planted it. It took me a little bit longer to define what does success look like for me? I, and I knew at least in a broader sense that um, there, there were some buckets of, I guess, values I would hold on to. So uh, growing up, I experienced uh, one, two, three divorces as a kid. Uh, and so I knew, or I thought for a while, man, I'm doomed to have like no healthy marriage here because my parents can't have one for the life of them. Um, but then I realized, wait, but my friends and other people have healthy marriages. I could learn from them. So there's possibility here. That's, that's a new direction. Um, my wife had also experienced, I think, five divorces growing up. And so when we met years later, I was 25, she was 21. When we talked about, you know, what's the ideal partner like? And, you know, I jokingly said, my, my partner just needs to be taller than me. And she's like, oh, sad. Not realizing she's an inch taller than me. <laughs> and, uh, but she asked why. I'm like, well, I'm five foot four. And, you know, you get told, you know, he's cute, but he's short. I got to break those, I got to break that curse for my kids. You know, they can't be short like me. They got to be taller. So my son is like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, somewhere in there, 5'10". He's, he's taller than me. Has been since seventh grade. Uh, and my daughter's like 5'5". Five five. I'm like, we did it. My dream is accomplished. <laughs> um, but in all that, like our, our value is the same in that our family would come first. That, you know, yes, we want to provide for our family. Yes, we want to pursue our dreams. 
but above all else, uh, our connection with each other had to be more important than our connection with our kids. Our connection with our kids had to be more important than anything else uh, beyond that. And, and so like there was this hierarchy of priority uh, in relationships. So for us as Christians, we, we said our relationship personally with God is first and foremost, followed by our relationship with each other as husband and wife, followed by our connection with our kids as parent and child. And we even told our kids that, like, hey, you know, my wife and I are going to be more important than you and I. I hope you're okay with that. But beyond that, you're more important than everybody else. And they're like, mm. really? And then, of course, that's where they try to get us to rank them, like, which is the favorite child? Like, <laughs> like, well, you're the favorite daughter, and he's the favorite son. Can we leave it at that? And, and she's like, no, seriously. This is my daughter. She's like, which one is the favorite child? I'm like, stop stop he can hear you <laughs> like, and uh and, and we would joke because my my daughter and i are like almost birds of she's like my mini me but in girl form it's so weird mm -hmm. and then my son is much more like my wife personality wise um but all that to say you know having at the risk of forgotten what the original question was <laughs> the, the 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 whole thing is that like we have to be able to define success for ourselves. Like we have to really think about it through the lens of what I call the five Fs. So for me, faith first and foremost, what, what is my relationship like with that greater cause, that greater good? Um, for me, I, I pursue God in the Christian sense. Somebody might be Muslim, somebody may be atheist and, and there's, but there's something even the atheist wants to do to make the world a better place. Like what's that legacy you want to be known for or live for? Um, and then, Around that, how do your family relationships support that? How do you marry those two together so that, uh, you know, for me, because of my faith walk, there's a certain way that I behave in my family because I gotta, I gotta honor my God and I, I don't want to be a hypocrite to them, you know. And and they'll call me out. And they're like, "Hey, well, you serve in a men's ministry. Why are you being all yelly at the TV?" I'm like. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those were some choice words, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also fitness, like, you know, we might give up our physical health or our emotional health or mental health uh, because we're, we're pursuing all these other things and you, you gotta be healthy at the core of all of it. Otherwise you're not going to be around long enough to enjoy your family or be there for your family or be in a good mental state to be supportive for your family, um, or your friends or your community or your workplace. Um, you know, in, in the five Fs, I put finance. So it's uh, faith, family, fitness, finances is fourth very, very specifically. And that was, even though money's important, we got to earn it, provide means for our family, uh, support our family. It's not number one. So I put it forth on purpose to remind myself, yes, I need to pursue it. I need to earn it. Uh, we got to build some investments for the future because we won't be able to work our whole lives. Um, and we also want to make an impact on our communities. And, and these things do take money. However, it's not going to be at the sacrifice of my own health. It's not going to be at the sacrifice of my family. And it's not going to put me in compromise to my values or my beliefs. Uh, and then if I got all those ducks in a row, I can take a look at what am I doing for my future? And it's just, it's like, if I get those four ducks in a row, then I'm in a mental state where I can think about, okay, what's next? What am I going to do next? What's the next step? What's the next goal? Um, why, why do I even have those goals? You know, I, mm. I have friends, you know, I got one friend who wants to put a cold shower challenge into every group challenge we do. And we're like, why? You, you don't even do one <laughs> like in the years I've known you, you're always like, yeah, we should do a cold shower challenge to convince ourselves we could do something tough. And I'm like, you know, what? I've known you for years. Every time you fail to do it just once, 
and then you just give up on all your goals. What if that's not a goal you want to pursue in the first place? What if it has nothing to do with your bigger focus on life? And, and what if you just got rid of that goal altogether? It's probably not your goal. You just want to be like Jocko Willink. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to be somebody who's not you. Um, so I, I, I think overall, it's important to know who you are, know what you want in life, define your success around that. And then I think going after goals becomes much more um, easier for one, becomes easier and it makes more sense for you because you designed it around what you want in life. Mm -hmm. This is so good. I love the five F's that you walked through and the order that you set them up in. I'm curious. So as you help people create this life that they want to live or this life that's worth living. So it sounds like it starts by identifying those priorities and fleshing them out in each area. What's the next step toward making this more actionable or practical to live out each day? Yeah. So once you know what success looks like, uh, you know, at a broad level, you know, for me, it's um, I want to live up to what it means to be a Christian and, and honor God that way. So that's that's kind of the broad perspective for my faith. For my family, it's it's broad as well. It's like. All my, it, it's it's kind of a weird one. It's morbid. I was in the army, so everything's a little bit morbid deep down inside. And it's, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, um, I want to be the kind of father, grandfather, uh, family member where uh, everybody in my family does what they can to get there to say goodbye to me. And, uh, and not just that, but then they pursue their full life. If they haven't already that they continue to pursue their full life. So I want to be that kind of family member. Uh, I want to be married to my wife for the rest of my life. Uh, and not just because she feels obligated, uh, but because she wants to be there. And uh, then for fitness, it's just, you know, physical, mental health, emotional health, that it, it's always in, in, a, in a good, healthy balance. Um, money, it's like, there's no dollar amount. It's not like I need to have a billion dollars or I'm a failure. It's like, do I have enough to give to my church, give to the causes I want to travel? Uh, so the, the money amount kind of fluctuates every year. And then future possibility is just what could I do now to be better, like to, to level up each of those five categories. Uh, and so it's that future possibility where I start to look at those five F's again, and I put it into like goals, more behavior based. So, um, you know, like in the faith part, it was something as simple as I, I need to go to church every Sunday. No excuse. Boom. That was a decade ago. That was like, as a new Christian, that was my goal back then. Uh, more current, it's, you know, spend five minutes in prayer as soon as I get out of bed, Monday through Sunday. You know, it's seven days a week. Um, it's serving in my church. It's, you know, things like that, you know, that the, the are like behavior driven so that if I do these things and I'm open, then it, it'll fulfill me in that way. Uh, with my family, it'd be things like, I want to do a date night every two weeks with my wife. So planned, we get kind of get tickets, we go somewhere, uh, but it's very intentional, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, now our kids are growing up and out of the house, but it, it could be something like, you know, I haven't, you know, I'm horrible about calling my parents. So one goal my wife keeps telling me I need to put in there is call my parents every, every week. I'm like, but my dad repeats his stories <laughs> and she's like, be a good son. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so it, it's, it, but it's, it's just stuff like that. Like, you know, what's the activity I'm going to do every day and what's the why it should tie back into that broader statement of what I want. Um, and then even if I have these goals and these like behaviors, I want to do these habits I want to build 
So it, it really comes down to habits. Like, what are the habits I can build so I don't have to think about it? So, you know, if I want to be more fit, um, you know, I ruck in the morning with a friend of mine who's a, who a, he was in the Marine Corps way back. Um, so it's always this Marine Army kind of competition, like who can, who can ruck the fastest. Uh, and for those who don't know what rucking is, you just put a 25, 30 pound weight pack on your back and walk as fast as you can. <laughs> it's, uh, that's it. And, and you burn more calories than just walking and it's easier on you than just running. Um, and so we do that, but I have my rucksack in a certain spot and everything I need is like right there, ready to go. And then my alarm is set for the same thing at uh, same time. And, and th that habit's built. So all I have to say to achieve the goals, if they mean something to me, then I start building the habits to do that almost automatically. And then there are days where I, I don't go rucking or my, my buddy bails out and I get to make fun of the Marine Corps for a day. Um, <laughs> and then he gets, gets the, 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 what do you call that bragging rights back the next day? Cause that guy can smoke. He's like 64 and he, he rocks so much faster. I'm like, dang it. He's taller. So his stride is way bigger. But yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm practically running it easier. over the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other, th the other big component is giving myself grace to not succeed every single day. So there's no perfection here. I'm human. Uh, there are going to be days where I don't feel like doing a thing. Um, and I, you know, I have to tap into like false motivation. Uh, and then there are days where I, I just can't even do that. And so a winning week for me, like just in the, the arena of rucking, a, a good week is I rucked five out of the seven days. And that's, that's a win. Uh, four out of seven still good. Uh, anything less, it's like, okay, what happened? <laughs> you know, how many excuses did I come up with? I mean, was the weather really bad? Uh, couldn't I have just gone to the, the apartment gym and done the same thing on a treadmill? Uh, but, yeah, you know, I give myself wiggle room to be human. You know, same with, like, tracking my calories. Uh, I'm good six days out of seven. I'm like, you know, that's pretty darn good. You know, there was a time where I was bad seven out of seven days. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was just 15 pounds ago. So this is, <laughs> this is pretty darn recent. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are the big things. So broad level, what is success like deeper level? What, what are the habits I want to build every, in each of those categories? And then, you know, what, what's the wiggle room to be human in that? And, and I just keep repeating, boom, 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 boom. And, uh, I like the momentum, you know, I'm 47 now. And it's like, I look back and people think, people think I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> You're seeing the result of intentionality, lots of reflection, lots of mistake making, and lots of other people forgiving me uh, to get to that point. Um, you know, the podcast, they're like, Oh wow, you've been podcasting for eight years. I'm like, yeah, it's because I don't know how to give up, but you know, it's just part of my growth you know, interviewing people, I learn from them. So I don't want to give that up. That's part of my, my future possibilities arena. Um, getting the book done that's tied into Beyond the Rut. That was uh, important to me because I, I just wanted to get that message out there further. And that was that was part of, uh, I don't know what category I put that in, but it was, it was one of my goals was to write and publish a book uh, based on the show. And uh, like all these things, there was momentum behind it. You know, there was, you know, it, it, but all of that was because it had to be attached to a bigger sense of why, like, why am I doing it? You know, what, what's not being done? Uh, because it definitely doesn't align with me. So like cold showers, I don't do them. <laughs> Fad diets, I don't do them. Um, any sort of workout challenge, I'm like, eh, 
no, because I, I, I don't have the attention span to do that. And I'm, I'm trying to build another habit right now. And, and I know I can stick to that. And I want to do that. Whereas this other one just seems for the moment. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, that's such a good reminder that we have to not try to do everything because that's impossible, but really narrow down on what's most important for us based on where we are, what our vision for the future is, what goals we're trying to achieve. So I think that's a great piece to add on at the end there. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Jerry, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I know that everything you shared here will be helpful for people like me who are trying to think through what does it look like to make plans and be successful, not just at work, but really in our lives as a whole, specifically faith and family and some of the things that you've talked about. Before we wrap up, can you give us the name of the podcast one more time and then tell us if anybody wants to connect with you or learn more about you, where can they do that? Yeah, the the podcast is called Beyond the Rut, and uh, I gave it the subtitle from the book, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. Uh, but if you just look up Beyond the Rut, it uh, not only will you find my show, but you'll find my friend's show, Beyond the To-Do List. He comes up first. I don't know why, but... <laughs> It's cool. I give Eric a hard time about that. <laughs> uh, and then my website, beyondtherut.com. Uh, there you'll find the podcast, any additional posts, uh, resources, like uh, there's a free goal setting tool that I have that'll help walk you through the the five Fs and, and take the time to really think through what, what does that look like for you? Uh, totally free. And uh, that's it. Those are the two big ones. That is the podcast and the website by the same name. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of good work that is very helpful for people. So I'll make sure to put those in the show notes and I'm excited to go and check those things out as well. Jerry, thanks again for sharing some time with us today. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at BetterHelp.com MFRP. That's BetterHelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today.